Welcome to the 12th episode of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith. And I'm Josh Joseph. And we're here to navigate you through the intricacies of information technology and all things Mount West Community and Technical College related. Today we have an excellent interview with Paul Martin, one of our former MCTC students who was here back when we were still with Marshall. And he talks a little bit about um, the trials and, and tribulations he went through as becoming an IT student as well as now uh, working a full-time position at a, at a company here local to Huntington called ATS. But before we get into that, we have a couple small announcements and, of course, some news stories for you. The announcements are pretty brief. It's just a um, revisiting of the announcements I made in the 11th episode, and that is if you are taking summer classes, be aware you have until May 4th to be able to pay for your classes and not incur a late fee. If you wait to pay after May 4th, which May 4th is the last day of classes here at all, it's uh, the Friday of final exams week. So you need to go ahead and pay by then. If not, you will incur a fee, probably a $25, maybe $35 late fee if you pay after that Friday. If you pay after that Friday, that's great. You'll still be able to take your classes. But if you wait until May 11th, which is the Friday before summer classes starts following Monday, they will drop you for non-payment, which means your classes, you'll no longer be enrolled in them. You'll have to go through this giant, um, hellacious rigmarole of coming down here, having to pay on the spot, not being able to pay online. It's just going to be very, very frustrating for you to make sure you get back into your classes. So please, please, please make sure you pay online conveniently while you can now, and you're able to avoid having to come down here after the 11th of May and go through a giant, giant uh, headache. Those are our, our two um, things I want to go and bring up. Of course, summer classes are going to be coming, and, and uh, in midsummer, we're going to be able to allow you all to register for fall courses as well. But let's go ahead and get right into our stories today. I'll go ahead and lead off here with the first one that I have. The first one I have is uh, straight from CompTIA. CompTIA now has a Storage Plus certification that they've just recently announced. Uh, it's a partnership with SNEA. Uh, SNEA is an industry standard storage organization, and um, I'm going to be posting up on our Talk on Tech MCTC Twitter page the link to both the CompTIA story as well as an FAQ that you can go and read about from SNEA. Uh, S-N-I-A, that's what I keep on saying for, for SNEA. But basically, there's already a certification that's out there that you could have previously gotten through SNEA. By the way, SNEA is short for the Storage Networking Industry Association, if you're wondering about that. But the certification was called the SNEA SCSP, and they originally had their own certification. Now they are teaming with CompTIA to okay. go ahead and create an industry standard storage plus certification. Um, along those lines, I would just say that um, the page I post up will tell you that there's going to be 100 questions you would have to take for a test, 90-minute length. That's basically what that's, I had to do for storage pl or uh, security plus. That's most CompTIA tests, if I'm not mistaken, anyways. So yeah, and they would, they would like for you to have 12 months of hands-on experience and either the A+, plus, Network+, plus, or Server+. Plus. So here we actually offer, we don't offer that because it wasn't around, but we offer EMC's um, storage certification, which is the EMC Information Storage Associate. And so I'm certified that's in that, and yeah. I'm actually going to be teaching that this fall. So there's a possibility that if someone takes that class, they could probably sit for both exams, whichever one they, they deem that they want to sit for. Um, I will just kind of mention a small little thing here, Josh. Mm -hmm. The last week we talked about... Um, the MCSE being repurposed? Yes. I got an email right after our podcast from Microsoft. It's one of those emails you typically get when you finally complete a certification. Mm -hmm. And it said, congratulations on achieving your newest certification, yeah. Server 2008 Core. Uh -huh. So apparently some of the classes, some of the tests I've already sat for yes. gave me a new certification with this MCSE. The way they changed this it, new rebranded it or whatever. Yeah, but I'm still I'm very very frustrated because oh, yeah. if if I can't figure it out, I'm the IT guy. Employers are yeah. really just going to get fed up. Yeah, they're not. They're going to be very confused. So um, I got a story here, um, another Facebook story, of okay. course. Um, Facebook clarifies changes to its terms of use. I got this from CNN Tech, mm -hmm. um, and it's basically 
a lot of people have been worried about security and different things, you know, how they're using the information that they're giving Facebook and a lot dealing with um, how the government can use that information against you and stuff like that. So um, they've, they've unveiled changes to it to their terms of use document on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, tweaking earlier drafts in an apparent effort to ease users' concerns about p- privacy and how their information is used. Um and it, they're just saying that this came about right before they're getting ready to go public with their IPO, with their right. stock market stuff. Um, and they're saying some of the stuff isn't going to change. Um, a lot of it's just wording, but it's making it easier for, for users to read it and understand um, um, how they use the data that you're giving them and how, right. it's, how they collect it and um, things like that. But they're, they're giving you an opportunity um, to go out and view and comment on this um, document up until um, April the 27th. You can comment about the changes, um, and you can read through it. And uh, nothing too crazy. A lot of it's um, they're they're calling the document now their data use policy right. instead of the privacy policy, which it was previously right. called. Um, that way, it's more understanding of what it is. And then a lot of it's just wording. Um, uh, they clarified language saying that people should not tag users if you know they do not wish to be tagged in photos. Um, and this <laughs> is just preventing, I think this is just preventing really? themselves from something happening. Somebody saying, oh, you allowed this to happen. And they're able to say, well, no, if you look at our, our, uh, it sounds data like, a, use like policy. an acceptable use policy almost. Yeah, that's what it kind of like, looks like. Don't be mean. Yeah. Or Google's don't be evil. Basically, yeah, kind of. I mean, and another thing is they they removed a line saying that Facebook reserves the right to deny or limit access to users outside of the United States. The site says that the line was unclear and meant to reflect places where services are illegally unavailable or places where Facebook is banned. So oh, you see. know they're just changing some wording up and. You know, like the tagging thing, and I think it's just to protect themselves when this all becomes public, mm-hmm. and you know, it's to protect you as a user too. So you, you know, people can't use things against you in hmm. in certain ways. So hmm. and it's a small little brief, but people will start to see that, and they might see the wording change or the title of it being changed from privacy policy to data use policy. Right, and that's just to understand that um, it's how they are using the data that you're giving them when you sign on to their their okay. service. So nothing too crazy, but. It's a, it's a, you know it's an update. Well, I have a uh, a partner Facebook article to go with yours. Okay. Um, Facebook, with this this completely we knew about it and we just forgot to talk about it last <laughs> time. But Facebook snapped up Instagram for the low low price of one billion dollars. Only one billion. Only one billion. I mean that's that's Doctor Evil money. We we need to come up with something. Have yeah, buy we, it. we need our own <laughs> Facebook. So we, we do. <laughs> yeah, but they they acquired Instagram and um, a lot of people may have may have found this to be a little bit shocking. Why in the world would they go ahead and buy Instagram? They're a, a photo company. Well, there's a lot of reasons this could come into play, but the two articles that I have here talk about the fact that, first off, Facebook was already having struggling slightly with its mobile platform. Uh, on the web, oh yeah. it was doing really, really good, but Facebook was having issues on the mobile side. Instagram already has a great foothold in both the Android and the iOS uh, app department. Yeah. So now they can go ahead and bring that in. But also more importantly, besides integrating that in, is now Facebook owns the 30 million users that were just on the iPhone. So there was 30 oh, yeah. million okay. users. Yeah, because a lot of people just create their account and everything and just do it on the, um, use it on their phones. And they don't really, um, you know, they never really log into computers. You know, they just got mm-hmm. their smartphones and but, so. but the thing of it is, they have all those users, they have all their data, mm-hmm. and going back to the old story we talked about with how Google was trying to change their policies, yeah. because Facebook and companies like it were the people who owned all the intelligent information, mm-hmm. now Facebook owns even more intelligent information. So they can use that to still yeah. fight Google+, and, and technically, I guess, Picasa, which, is a, which was a Google app out there oh, that, okay. you could, that you could do photos with, but yeah, but yeah so... Facebook bought uh, Instagram for a drop in the bucket of $1 billion. Just, yeah. you know, I can just throw that money around all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, i got another story here from, um, what is this, Tech Techland from mm-hmm. Time Magazine. Yep. Um, DNS changer FBI warns infected computers, infected computers will lose web email access in July. Um, this was something that came about, um, I think several episodes ago, we mentioned this. 
um, DNS changer affecting you know millions of computers and hundreds of companies or uh, hundreds of countries um, uh, with a code that allowed them to manipulate the way internet ads appear in browsers, ultimately racking up millions in illicit fees. Um, so it was you know it's just a big piece of malware and what they're saying is if you don't if your computer isn't free of this malware by July the 9th the FBI will shut off your access to the internet um, um, well it was just the fact that like your computer was being redirected to one of these uh, rogue servers yes yeah and they're it's finally getting rid of them yeah and this is um if you're using Linux, iOS, and Android, you're in the clear, but Windows is specifically targeting Windows and Mac systems. Mm. And it manipulates the domain name servers, the DNS, which translates syntax-based URLs into IP addresses. So when you type in something like www.yahoo.com into your browser, your request hits the, your Internet service provider's DNS server, which translates it, translates it into a numeric IP address. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is this DNS changer messes with the actual DNS routing and then it's 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 hitting up these ads and pocketing people's you right. know because they say when you get you click these ads and stuff whether you do anything on them or not other mm-hmm. than click the ad people are getting paid for those clicks because you saw it because you saw it exactly and so what's happening is they're rerouting it saying mm-hmm. popping up these ads and people are cyber criminals is what they're calling them mm-hmm. are just raking in millions and millions of dollars well, I mean, if I remember correctly, we we have posted up on our Twitter page, Talk on Tech MCTC, um, the the FBI's way to go through and do this. Basically, you just run IP config slash mm-hmm. all on your Windows machine or on a Mac. You go into the preferences, go to network, and then look at your actual uh, wireless or wired network uh, DNS information because they told you the range that those DNS servers would be. Just make sure they're yours. Typically yeah. at your house, if you have a router of some sort, your DNS should show up as a 192.168.0.1 address. Yes. So it shouldn't be some crazy 64 dot blah, blah, blah. And so if you see a, a different number, you may need to take, be aware, take yeah. heed that uh, may be an issue. Well, something that I, that I just saw that they did, the FBI now has a DNS checker page mm-hmm. through their website. And you can go in and it gives you some steps and you basically will type in your DNS information, and they have a little checkbox that says check your DNS. Mm-hmm. And basically all you're going to do is type in your IP address that you've got from right. your computer, check your DNS, and then it comes back and says if you're infect- if, if it's an infected uh, IP range or not. Mm. And so that way you can tell if you're infected or um, or if you're not. So if you're mm. you know unsure, check out FBI's webpage, and there's um, I think it's right off the first the first area there. So... That's cool. Yeah. But be, beware, because July the 9th, that's, you know, that seems a little far off, but it's actually, you know. It's right around the corner. Right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. A little, more than, a little more than a month away. Yep. Well, I have a story here about a UK insurance giant. So some of us may not recognize the name of this company, but it's a company named Aviva, and they're a giant insurance company who meant to fire one employee via email, which seems kind of like a a dickish move in my opinion but they accidentally sacked 1300 employees via email so basically somebody in HR accidentally sent an extra 1299 people mm. an email saying they were fired and so they did go ahead and come back and, and correct that but but the article just basically talks about the fact that they think it's a bit of a jerk move to go ahead and, and fire someone via email, which I, I got to agree. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're firing them via email, they may be still sitting at their computer, their company computer. <laughs> and usually part of termination policy dictates, just like that movie Office Space, you do it when they're on lunch. You shut down their access to their own office, to their own computer. You don't want them to be able to wrap their hands around anything that's company-related because then if they're kind of mad, it might not be usable anymore once yep. they get finished with it. So um, I guess they have a little bit of a little bit of egg on their face, but um, I was unaware that people were firing individuals via email. So that's kind of a little sarcastic um, one, but also I guess it's a sign of the times where everybody is very, very impersonal. And, you know, the, the best, the icing on the cake is that what um, Aviva's tagline is, is most insurance companies see policies. At Aviva, we see people. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, you s- not. <laughs> apparently you see people through impersonal communication. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yep. Um, so I got one here. Um, just coming out today, uh, Microsoft selling some AOL patents to Facebook. Now, a couple episodes ago, and I think even in the last episode, we talked about Microsoft buying up some of the AOL Netscape patents. Mm-hmm. And um, for, well, they bought $1.1 billion. Um, they spent $1.1 billion in patents, bought that from AOL, and now Facebook's getting in on it. They said today um, it will buy about 650 patents from Microsoft for $550 million. Um, and that was 550, or sorry, that's 650 of the patents of the total of 925 that Microsoft bought. And it said Monday's deal leaves Microsoft with about 275 of the OL patents. Both Microsoft and Facebook will have a non-exclusive license to AOL's remaining 300 patents that it did not sell. Mm. So they're going to have, I guess, both licensing over that uh, the, the remainder. Um, so, again, you know, they're making moves before their big IPO that's coming up. And, right. Um, um, you know, spending big money, buying, buying patents. Um, I think you said you saw something else yeah, about this. Yeah, I have a slight follow-up article to that that came out later today. Um Yahoo actually commented uh, <laughs> on this particular article. Of course. They said that, um, I mean, in summary, what you said is Facebook's acquiring a majority of their patents from Microsoft that, that they got from AOL. Why would they be going ahead and doing that? Well, Yahoo, because Yahoo was, was trying to sue Facebook, saying they yeah, were still misusing, all their, yep, misusing all their patents. Facebook replied, nothing about today's actions changes the fact that Facebook continues to infringe on our patents. Companies who purchase patents are often working from a position of weakness and take these actions to strengthen their portfolio. We see today's announcement as a validation of our case against Facebook. Okay. So Yahoo Yahoo, Yahoo is still like, you know, we're not going to let you get out of this. Yeah. So Well, I mean, you know, they're, they can say what they want either way, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, you know, patents are just flying around. Businesses are being bought up by bigger businesses, so... Um, it's ever changing with a lot of that. So, mm-hmm. well, I have a quick little article here, kind of pretty cut and dry. But if any of you all out there have you ever used Dropbox before, you know I've had experience using Dropbox, and and I know Josh, you have too. It's um, one of those one of those companies that allow you to have storage in the cloud. Basically, you can go ahead and install software in your machine that allows you to connect up and get to the files. What Dropbox didn't allow you to do previously was share those files, like RapidShare uh-huh. or the, the wonderful Mega Upload company <laughs> that just recently got taken down by the FBI. Yeah. Today, Dropbox has added link file sharing. So now that once you go ahead and put that up there, you can go ahead and share a file with somebody. And um, I don't know. I, I, I like Dropbox. They've been pretty consistent. This has not been something I felt I've needed, and now I wonder... It is going to be a slippery slope for them because companies like RapidShare and and Mega Upload were known basically for nothing but piracy. And I like to put legitimate files up there yeah. that I want to share with myself. So I would hate to think that a year from now, the the Justice Department or who or the FBI comes mm-hmm. and takes down Dropbox because of of a few bad apples they've allowed to go ahead and now do this yeah. linked stuff. I would like them to still be uh, prosperous, yes, but I'd like them to be. Um, there for me when I need my files. So that's a little unfortunate. Yeah. It's interesting, though. I mean, it's a sign sign of the times, I guess. It definitely is. Um, So I got one here about that we kind of of went under the radar. We we talked about it, Mm -hmm. like ourselves, but we didn't bring it up in the past couple um, podcasts. Um, It's AT&T to allow unlocking of off-contract iPhones. And so um, this is from ZDNet, and they're basically, um, you can unlock your old iPhone. Like if you're out of contract, still got a SIM in it. Um, SIM, the SIM is no longer locked to that AT&T contract. Um, and you can take it and move it to a different carrier and find a better deal. Now that's GSM? GSM, yeah. Yeah, because that's yes. AT&T. Yeah, because uh, the other one is uh, because, Verizon. Yeah, Verizon's like CDMA, CDMA TDMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah CDMA. This is uh, beginning, well, this happened actually um, Sunday, April the 8th, so yeah, we're a couple weeks behind, but this is beginning Sunday, April the 8th, we will we will offer qualifying customers the ability to unlock their AT&T phones, iPhones. The only requirements are that the customer's account must be in good standing, the device cannot be associated with a current and active term commitment on an AT&T customer account, 
and they need to have fulfilled their contract term, upgraded under one of our upgrade policies, and paid an early termination or paid an early termination fee. So, um, as long as they're off contract, yeah, as long as they're off contract, yeah. Basically, if you're off contract and you're not behind on, you're not still owing the money. Essentially, you're good to go. Um, It says um, (coughs) unlocking your handset will allow you to take that old iPhone over to a carrier like T-Mobile, which offers cheaper plans and no data overage fees, but they don't offer a uh, an unlimited plan. Alternately, take a look at Straight Talk, which also offers some good deals, and depending on your location, may offer you better signal coverage than T-Mobile. And Straight Talk is like the paper month, like the Go phones and the mm-hmm. the um, track phones and things like that. So, right. um, you're even able to go in and, and have a number put on that because I mean it's all based on the SIM, the SIM anyway. So, um, and they do have they have some unlimited plans too. Well, at so. least now, I mean, I wonder. I see a lot of people on on eBay and stuff trying to sell unlocked phones, mm-hmm. and I know that that would normally violate Apple's contract or yeah. their warranty. So I'm guessing, I'm wondering if Apple is also saying we can unlock those and that doesn't void your warranty. Yeah, I don't see anything on here as far as Apple saying anything bad. Yeah, because um, this is part of this. You know, AT and T has been resistant to unlocking them. Um, and it says, last month, Apple CEO Tim Cook had a had to wade into a disagreement between AT&T and a customer to get an off-contract iPhone 3GS unlocked. Um, maybe just to keep everybody happy and right. maybe even gain more people, mm-hmm. Apple must be going along with this and allowing okay. it. So, well, I'll have one more here. Uh, it's kind of a kind of an update that kind of comes along with the Dropbox. Still talking about online storage. Microsoft owns SkyDrive, which is a cloud service that allows you to go ahead and uh, store applications as well as a lot of programs up in, up in the cloud, basically. Mm-hmm. We all have that here at, um, at MCTC. Actually, all of our, I think our, our email service is through Outlook Live, and so we each get a SkyDrive. I haven't used it very often, um, but when I have used it, um, it's worked. One thing here they're talking about is Microsoft has added paid storage options to its SkyDrive cloud service. So similar to Dropbox, where you get like two gigs and you can buy more if you want, now SkyDrive has the ability for you to buy more. One thing I was not aware of is that they say in this article that brand new SkyDrive users will get seven gigs of storage for free. And if you're an existing user, which we We already were, yeah. yeah. Um, we could continue to get up to 25 gigs of free space if we opt to do so. Now, that was the kicker. Hmm. It made it sound like we had 25 gigs, and we had to go in there and actually opt to keep those 25 gigs. Okay. So I'm going to be posting the link up online where you can go as a limited-time loyalty offer and maintain that. But I quickly logged into SkyDrive. I quickly clicked my button to have my free upgrade to maintain my 25 gigs because that's a large chunk of space that I have there. And so people may not be aware of that. It's one of those things where (laughs) you're opting in to the lower lower amount if you don't go ahead and do something about it. So make sure you go out there and change that. Now, it has to be anyone who already had a SkyDrive before the 22nd. Okay. So, I mean, if you had it last week, that's fine. If you get it now, you're not going to have that option. So, but, uh, but yeah. Yep. I got, I got one more quick mm-hmm. update. I've okay. just seen this was just posted um, mm-hmm. a couple minutes ago. Uh, <coughs> apparently, Facebook now has topped 900 million users. Wow. And so, again, they're bringing out these numbers um, all before their big IPO that's getting ready to happen. So they've, right. they've announced now that they've surpassed 900 million active users. So that's people actively using Facebook, not a bunch of the dead accounts that they're starting to take off and stuff like that. So... Um. Yeah. So, a little quick update there. Wow. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the interview with Paul Martin. Like I say, just a refresher. Paul Martin is uh, one of our students that that came here when we were still originally Marshall Community and Technical College, still a part of Marshall University. Uh, and he's going to tell us about his time here, uh, what he went through, and any type of advice he could give to students, maybe like your yourselves out in the audience who may be thinking about starting a career in IT or coming back to update your skills in information technology. Today I'm sitting here with Paul Martin, which is a former MCTC student of ours. Uh, He's also um, um, a worker at one of our internship opportunities we have for our students, which is uh, ATS, 
Advanced Technical Solutions. Um, hello, Paul. Hey, Patrick. Good to be here. Um, today, I want to talk to you about your experience here at, uh, at Marshall Community Technical College, as it was, and now MCTC, um, and, and kind of get an idea of how you came into IT, if you were always into IT, um, and then maybe throughout your travels here, any pitfalls or advice you would have to people thinking about entering into a two-year, four-year institution, um, things they might want to avoid, or things they just might be forgetting about. So, so I guess first, talk to me a little bit about how how did you decide to come here? Or how did you decide to choose IT? Okay, sure. Yeah, I um, in high school I was always into IT. It's kind of one of those uh, you know typical stereotypes. Um, we had a Cisco curriculum um, in my high school that was actually brand new in my uh, senior year. And because of that, our lab wasn't really set up um, ever. Because <laughs> to be honest, it was much more um, theory, a lot of discussion, a lot of reading things. Right. Um, really didn't enjoy a whole lot of it. But at the same time, as a senior, I don't know, it would have been probably pretty good to really keep my interest. You know, that's true. You were getting right, you were ready to leave. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, senioritis and all of that going on so um, but I did enjoy it and uh, was always working on computers and things like that this was in uh, graduated high school in 2000 and uh, that was in Summers County and had had already pretty much decided on Marshall University um, had came up for a few tours and um, had a really good guidance counselor at the high school uh, when I came up here for orientation um, still hadn't decided really on the true major, mm -hmm. but it was going to be on, on the IT side of things. Um, right. Was looking, um, working with the um, staff here and accidentally went into the community and technical college um, office. I met with Patty Walker, mm -hmm. and this whole time I'm still thinking I'm where I'm supposed to be, which was with Marshall University. Right. And uh, when she realizes a mistake, it was kind of comical, but she had already really done a great job of showing me everything on the Cisco side. Right. That, that was what I liked was the hardware. She'd already sold you. Absolutely. She really <laughs> had, if you want to say it like that. And uh, so I just told her, I was like, well, what do I need to do? I never went where I was supposed to be. You know, what right. do I need to do um, to make this happen? She took over from there and uh, we made it all happen. Actually saved a good bit of money doing it that way. And I was then enrolled on the two-year program um, specializing on the uh, Cisco side. And uh, immediately... Obviously, the lab here, everything was great. Um, mm -hmm. Worked with Dr. Jones at the time and um, Sherry and just a bunch of people. You know, had right. a, really a lot of fun with that. Uh, stuck around for some summer classes. Um, I guess what I liked the most about the two-year program was it was fast-paced. It was right in your face. Didn't really feel like I had a lot of these uh, electives and all that I had to take. Took a few, of course, but um, every day we were we were in a lab environment or felt like it and it just it worked for me very well mm -hmm. um was going great through all of that um a couple of the um, semesters of the cisco path and i was on track for my na and um, thought i was going to graduate in two years and i'd be out in the workforce um scott nicholas uh, one of my best professors uh, he he kind of would add all all the time real world scenarios obviously mm -hmm. you know listen to the recording with scott and you know he he continued to go with that um and one thing he said was, you may find yourself more marketable if you also look at a few other options. Maybe look into the Microsoft curriculum. Um, that was still right at home with me. That was fine. Um, and to be honest, I don't necessarily know if I was ready to leave college. I was really you know, having a good time here at the, at the same time. Right. Um, enrolled with that, and a lot of the things carried over. I was able to go through the MCSE program. Mm -hmm. um, really enjoyed that as well, and it did fit right at home. It, they, they go together very well, I think. And um, ended up in 2003, uh, again, I had some summer classes and all to make mm -hmm. things work. Uh, 2003, I was ready to graduate. Um, already had, for sure, my CCNA, um, my MCSA, I believe, a couple mm -hmm. other A+, a few other certs and all that. Right. But uh, one other thing I was big about was definitely trying to get some certs, you know, mm -hmm. under my belt. Um, it helped out, of course, with the classes. If, if you were already on, on a good status there and you were getting certified, you typically were doing well in the class as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we got some uh, vouchers as well, I believe, made it a little bit easier on the, the billfold. Oh, yeah. And um, went through all of that, graduated. Um, couldn't have been happier with my time 
here at, again, at Time Marshall Community and Technical mm -hmm. College, MCTC. Um, and shortly after graduation, um, I started honestly realizing, wow, that, that's a big chapter. Felt like it was kind of over. I was stepping out of that. Right. You know, what are you going to do? I started looking, um, well, before graduation I was looking, but I w really wasn't having any big hits. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was quite surprised because I thought, well, with my N.A. and some of these other certs, mm -hmm. I'm just going to be the most marketable person you've ever met, you know. Right. Uh, whatever reason, I know some people were, were landing these great jobs. I wasn't, and that was you know, pretty scary. Um, ended up uh, taking a, um, it wasn't an internship, it was called a temporary employment position, a federal job um, in Michigan um, wow. in IT. So I had to do a little bit of traveling for me. That's, that's that was a bit of a trip. That yeah. was a trip for me. Yeah, I grew up about three hours from here. And uh, so that was definitely a trip. And, but, if, and um, if you're like me, it's like I've left the state, but I don't want to leave the state for more than a week. Yeah. It's, it's just the tendency. Yeah, I was never one that said I'm leaving West Virginia and I'll never be back. I, that right. was never me. And um, so I did. I, I went up and um, day one at work, you know, it was it – was, I never had been on site. I had done, you know, remote uh, interviews and whatnot. And day one, it was like the staff there told me that one of the reasons they wanted me was not so much of what I knew, but, you know, I certainly sold myself that I was there to work. I was right. there to do what they needed me to do. Um, here I am ready to get on this Microsoft network and, you know, help them administer that. And they laughed because it was fully Novell at the time. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I've heard about this. But in, a, in a different life, that could have been what Scott taught you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a different world. Because he was a CNE. Oh, well, I He know. still is a CNE. I yeah. know. And, uh, and I emailed him immediately, yeah. like, what have I done, you know. And he, of course, <laughs> gave me a lot of grief about that. But, um, but no, and, and then I start figuring that out. You know, they, they were very serious about – Again, we want you to work. We want someone mm -hmm. here that's going to do that. Um, it was temporary employment, like I said. It was about a uh, four- or a five-month stint. It, it wasn't that long, um, but I did pick up a lot. And towards the end of that, I had already landed another job back here in Huntington, um, IT job, of course, uh, much more Microsoft, much more mm -hmm. Cisco um, type. Um, this was also – this temporary was more like um, – three calm and different types of things. I didn't get right. to touch anything Cisco. Right. Um, so I, I appreciated time there, um, wrapped it up on you know, good status, but ended up coming back to Huntington. And that was experience for the resume too. And it, and it was nice. Yeah. It, it helped me. That's what I actually needed to get in. Um, I was a field tech, um, here in Huntington, um, really got to touch anything and everything. Um, end user printer problems, you know, anything like that. A uh, little bit of active directory work, but as a lot of jobs are, you know, they didn't need me to be that, um, you know, administrator. They needed, mm -hmm. or at least the position that I had filled wasn't that. They had they had another guy that would do that. That was right. always the answer, you know. Um, but I did exactly what you know what was needed. Anytime I could learn a little bit more, I would. Um, quickly, employers realized, well, hey, if if this person knows a little bit about this and a little bit about that, well, you know, we we need to take advantage of that. You know, we we need to know. Um, so I got to do more work and um, worked there for about two and a half years, and I really did enjoy it. Um, a lot of travel with that job, but but still, that wasn't a problem for me. Um, but I was looking, um, also starting to settle down, engaged, you mm -hmm. know, soon to be married and um, all that. So I was deciding I wanted a little bit more stable, stay in my own bed right. type thing every night. Um, start looking, and I found a job. Uh, opening similar work at ATS, where I'm at now. Um, interviewed, and again, I kind of built my resume a little bit. Same thing, in the interview uh, status, very important, as we always have said, is to be clear. If, if you're the kind of person that likes to work and you like a fast-paced environment, speak up, you know, tell that. But don't, don't ever embellish, because you may be expected to work and be expected to uh, keep with that fast pace. So mm -hmm. um, ATS ended up being a, a very good fit for me. Um, that was, as I quickly found out, right in line with everything that, that ATS does. Um, I joined as a field tech um, shortly after. Um, again, just started out doing a lot of uh, maintenance-type work, server work. I still was not getting to d dabble in the Cisco side. Mm -hmm. I was told that will come later. We just need to get you through and, and right. do more of this stuff. Um, 
enjoyed every bit of it. After about six months, I was uh, invited to look at the Cisco infrastructure and uh, unified communications or voice. Mm-hmm. I had never worked with VoIP before, but it interested me. It was it was fun from what I had seen. Right. And uh, ATS was really good about letting me train you know, while on the job. They, mm-hmm. they were paying me to to get well versed on that. And because um, you didn't really. Voice over IP wasn't really in the regular Cisco curriculum here. Not at all. Not at all. It it really obviously went along great with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my NA was router switch work. Right. Um, all the cabling, all the hardware, things like that, mm-hmm. which ended up being what actually hit so much at home with the with that. I was working on um, call manager express systems. It's all housed in that router. Oh, okay. um, a module plugged into that, but mm-hmm. still you're holding a router, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, running the phone systems off of that, um, which was great for me. I absolutely still love that type yeah. work. Um, went full into that, you know, they, they obviously would have some uh, evaluations with me. You've been right. doing this now for three months. How do you feel about it? Uh, how, how do they like me doing that, of mm-hmm. course? Am I helping the company? Um, end up getting to join the voice team fully and... Um, you know, we, we still are bad about calling ourselves a small business, you know, just kind of more of a habit. Uh, we're right at 50 employees, and um, we have teams, of course, devoted. We have the Unified Communications team. We have uh, Enterprise OS, right. application development, um, the service desk, and infrastructure. So we, we're still broken into those same you right. know, ones. We uh, luckily get to work on a lot of fun projects that, that maybe stretch over to all of those. It, mm-hmm. it just makes it more interesting. Um, now, a couple of years ago, I was uh, offered a, a position to step up as more of a um, service delivery manager is the actual title, getting to not so much do that field work, but getting to kind of work with the group that would be doing that. So you'd be kind of, I guess, more, for a generic term, you'd be more like the supervisor of yeah. it or kind of like the manager over those people? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, definitely more of that that was quite a change um for me i was um apprehensive about it at first i didn't want to leave what i what i found very comfortable what i enjoyed um but again the the company was really good to me because they they recognized that they knew Mm -hmm. that um it was no secret they would assign me to certain uh projects because they knew i wanted to get my fill of Mm -hmm. of some you know voiceover ip work and um still find myself a little bit you know getting to do that enjoy it whenever i get a chance to but um, it's at the same time that I found that very rewarding, um, getting to work with people who may come in the door as an intern. Um, you can see a lot of similarities, obviously going from there. Um, they maybe are offered a full-time position after graduation. Mm-hmm. If they choose to accept that, right. um, work together, start some training. And, you know, we've got, we've got a really good, um, list of success stories, really. You can, you can take the tour there and, you know, we kind of point people out, uh, whether they be from MCTC or other schools. You know, we, we've got a good group. Um, but that has that also became pretty nice. I, I was told that at the beginning, that you'll find a little bit more of a reward. And I didn't, not saying that I didn't believe it, but I really right. wasn't listening for that. You mm-hmm. know, I was thinking of more on the other side. But well, I nice. know um, I toured your old facility, I, I guess it's been, oh, at this point, at least three years now because Scott was still here. And um, I had done I'd done consulting from about ninety nine to two thousand five pretty extensively around here, and uh, by the time I left Urals, especially especially your knock, I went in and saw all your servers. And when I left, I told Scott I was like, you know, um, I might just leave MCTC. Oh wow! <laughs> well, because I was like, I didn't think we had someplace this substantial in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was used to more of the mom and pop stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, you all have a very, very impressive setup up there and, and uh, I was very, very amazed. Um, so that's a great compliment to you oh, all absolutely. and, and, and your you. your all's clients. But um some things you you've been saying that, that I wanted to kinda hit up on for the audience. You made the comment that that you got a Cisco, well, you basically went for Cisco. You got your CCNA, you got your Microsoft side, but then you maybe had a desire to go into voice over IP. Mm-hmm. So anybody who, who decides to attend um, MCTC or, or Marshall or, or any two- or four-year institution, they may have a, a goal to do voice over IP. 
and they may not have a degree for that. But you just got finished saying voice over IP sounded exciting, but all of that networking paid off. Absolutely. So the point is, even don't think, oh, I'm going to blow this class off because this is not a voice over IP class. That was still foundational. Mm -hmm. You still had to deal with the routers. And so even though you're taking these IT classes and saying, when would I ever need Visual Basic? Or I'm not a programmer. When would I, when would I ever want PowerShell? It's going to come up eventually. Mm -hmm. it, it all comes together. It mm -hmm. all meshes together. So I think it's good to point out that when you're taking these classes, if you really want to be in this job, pay attention. You know, if you want to be in this field, because when you leave, someone's going to expect you to do the exact same things you did, and they're not going to pay you unless you do them. So it's not going to be you get to sit in the classroom all the time. It's going to be how you make your money to take home. So hopefully you really, really like it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, every, I mean, it's very common. We have people who come in and, you know, at ATS, we are a VMware partner. Mm -hmm. you know, that is kind of what we're always looking at. Um, someone comes in the door maybe with Hyper-V or, or something, but it's still, it's the theory is there, Yeah. you know, and, and you'll ask, well, how did you like that? How did you do with that? What have mm -hmm. you done with it? And it really does make a big, you know, impression if, if someone understands that or, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it may not be exactly what we're doing. Just like I said, I had never, I had no idea about anything VoIP. Right. Um, but I could do the, the basic networking, you know, on the Cisco, I could mm -hmm. console in and I could, you know, start working my way through. Um, and that was that foundation and, and that kind of helped and, um, you know, we always ask people when we're when we're talking, um, how how do you like to configure? Are you a command line, you know, you CLI, or mm -hmm. do you like the GUI? You mm -hmm. know, and that answer always tells you a lot about, you know, what you're what you're working with there. How That's are you going to work together? It just yeah, yeah, like you said, um, I, I can't tell you how many times that we'll have these discussions, and sometimes they're not always the the most upbeat discussions. But you say, you know, well we're hiring a professional who, who's going to come in and work and you may not know exactly every answer here, but I expect that maybe by tomorrow you'll have a good step into it. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll research a little, go to Google, you know, give us something. Um, yeah. That's the important thing to know too, because I mean, well, I found this interesting. It never really occurred to me, but some people think when they go into an interview that you have, you have to know the answer to everything. Yep. I've done that. Yep. I've done that. And it's, it's impossible for you and IT to know the answer to everything. But what you're going to be expected to do is if a client calls and they say, I just got this new VMware server, I got an ESXi server, and I need you to come set it up tomorrow. The expectation is that you're going to go home that night and you're going to Google it or you're going to go on VMware's forums or you're going to go to, to Borders or a bookstore that's still around and <laughs> sit down and have a coffee and, and, and read a book. You're going to have to learn it because this is – I think I think it was Scott and I said this is not a math degree. Mm -hmm. it, you're not dealing with stuff that's 200 years old and hasn't changed. We have to adapt. Mm -hmm. We always have to read, and so it's it's important for it's important for people to realize that if you're if you're not enjoying your classes as it is now because you have to read and study, I don't know if you're going to enjoy your job because you're going to have to still do the same thing when you're out. It's work. It, it yeah. absolutely is. Um, in this industry, it's not going to go away, and uh, you have to stay sharp. Um, we joke about it at the office. We like to stay on that bleeding edge. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you try and stay ahead of the game. That's that's where you make some uh, some large growth. Um, it's not always that fun, and it is painful, and, and it can right. be stressful. But that's what you signed up for. You mm -hmm. know that that's what we like to do. Um, thinking about some of the uh, not just you know, people I work with now, but some of the people I've worked with in the past, the the more successful people were that. They were always thinking about these. They were, you mm -hmm. know, getting ideas. They were always working, always studying. And uh, that's, again, that's all part of it. You know, just mm -hmm. the same way with, with this industry that the major changes you make, you know, you can't just do them during business hours. You know, that's it, true. We always have that discussion, too. Well, you signed up for this. This mm -hmm. is a a 24-hour operation like maybe a, a hospital or, yeah, or something. Yeah, you're, you're a doctor on call. Yeah, yeah. When when is there a downtime? Well, it's, it's it it's, happens. It's but when everyone else is asleep. Yeah, yeah, it happens when everyone else is off. Um, and that's and that's the way that it goes. And and mm -hmm. you you got to work at it. You got to expect that. Um, but fortunately, when it does work out, it seems to be well worth it for for everyone involved. You know, everyone seems to 
to enjoy the, the payoff. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any, um, maybe coming from the, the classes side, do you have any suggestions maybe that you haven't mentioned for, for I guess, things you weren't expecting and, and looking back you're like, I guess I should have paid more attention to that or, or now that I'm in this field I think, ah, oh, that would have been helpful if I'd have already known that and realized that ahead of time, that type of thing? Yeah, um, just thinking about that, I know a few things that came up for me, and again, a, a few of these were discussed, yeah, you know, sure. um, real world scenario, mm-hmm. because I was one that I did fall into um, more on the Microsoft uh, classes, the Microsoft scenarios, the, the lab type environment, mm-hmm. everything was controlled. And, and good, you know the old answer of the Microsoft answer. Oh yeah, the real well, answer. Of the there's only A, B, C, or D. Yeah, there's no other <laughs> yeah, possible answer. Go. There's always a perfect answer. And exactly. And sometimes I did, you know, we'd, we'd get some insight to the real world, you know. But at the same time, I can remember being in in um, brainstorming sessions or whatnot with with an employer, you know, and you're going through a design, and you're thinking to yourself, where is that perfect answer? Because there, there's always something in the real world that will get in the way and, right. and you got to think you know on your feet and you've got to know when you need to call back to, mm-hmm. to, to the main office and make those decisions and other times you, you can kind of weigh you know mm-hmm. the outcome and uh, earn that trust and um, that was one thing always kind of keeping in mind the real world you know sometimes in theory and, and in the classes at least for me mm-hmm. um, I think I forgot about that sometimes, and, and I probably, maybe I did hurt myself a little bit right. um, in, in some scenarios. Well, you know, when you're when you're in the Microsoft class, um, especially the designing classes we used to have, because 2003 had the designing classes, and we don't quite have those just yet in the 2008, Microsoft hasn't come up with them. But, of course, it was self-serving to a degree for Microsoft to only talk about Microsoft products. So the type of real-world cases you saw were, oh, well, someone's going to have an exchange environment, and they're migrating over to another another forest, and that needed a trigger. That's a schema change. It never brought in, oh, they have a VMware server, and let's talk about interoperability, or they have Macs. How are we going to do that? So that's kind of unfortunate. But then again, Microsoft it cares about making sure you are a Microsoft professional, not a VMware professional. But uh, I do believe VMware has their own has their own certificates, uh, certifications mm-hmm. out there as well. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't looked into those, but um, I have I have brought in a, a virtualization class to start doing that because uh, I did Hyper V in the Microsoft side, and and now we start to to look at VMware some, uh, just so people can can kind of get their feet wet about that type of thing. So, and uh, I kind of did that after hearing about your all's you all being a big VMware house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think. I think it helps students to see a diversity of, of what, what's out there. And the great thing, kind of like you mentioned before, if someone comes in with Hyper-V, it's like saying, I know how to do WordPerfect. Well, did you know where to go and choose copy your text? Because in Microsoft Word, it's still under the edit menu. I mean, it's not that mm-hmm. revolutionary. So, um, right. But you need to know it. You need to want to know it. And um, you know, I still go back to the fact that if you find it a drag right now to study for your classes... You, you don't like to hear about this technology. I don't know that it's really going to be for everybody because that's what you're going to do every day. Mm-hmm. It's you make your money based on what a business that hires you needs. Mm-hmm. And if their needs are to put in a, a Novell server or to put in a, a VMware server, if you want paid, you're going to figure that out mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yeah, you you have to think like that. A lot of times that customer is fully capable of doing this work you know it, it may not be this amazing you know bleeding edge technology it's just they're also willing to pay us to do it for them and right. not you know they don't want that headache and uh yeah it, it does get boring and, and all that and you have to kind of have that pep talk with the uh, service department and say if they want to pay us to do that we're going to make it easy on them we're, you know do it right for them mm-hmm. they're probably going to do it right for themselves if they were to do it right and uh you know Obviously, we want their business, so we mm-hmm. want to show them, yeah, absolutely, that's what we're here for. And maybe if we do that well, they might say, okay, here's something else. Let's mm-hmm. add more. You know, you, or you have you to need, take care of your customers. And Yeah, you need to take care of your customers. You need to do it right the first time. And mm-hmm. if for some reason it doesn't get done right, you need to really go out of your way to make sure it gets fixed 
Because if you want that second or third or fourth call, they need to say, you know what, these people are really, really good at what they do, and, and I, I want to pay them again to do something, mm-hmm. whether I can do it myself or not. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very important, and you don't think about that in a classroom environment usually. Mm-hmm. You don't think about the fact that these people you go and work for are going to be the ones paying you. Because uh, I I always show the, the Silent Live skit, Nick Burns, mm-hmm. the company computer guy, <laughs> yeah. the, the IT guy who just chastises everybody saying, oh, you know, you're stupid, get out of the way, let me do it or whatever. Those are the people that are paying you. You should be a little nicer to them. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, I don't know why, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of us IT people can be really, really condescending. And you are... You are basically offending the people who are writing your paychecks. Absolutely. So if you're wondering why they're not calling back, take a look in the mirror possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the end of the world if they ask you a question and you show them how to do a small little a small little thing here or there. They're not going to start going around to businesses mm-hmm. and, and trying to be like, hey, you want to pay me five bucks for me to show you this? It's okay to give and take a little. Mm-hmm. And I would say in your line of work, it's also very important to talk in a level they can understand as well. Don't talk over them. Don't don't use acronyms all the time. Try to explain it to them the best they can, and and don't don't belittle them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We've been working on a few different ideas about more of a like the the survey. You know, mm-hmm. every, you always get these oh, e, yeah, e surveys mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, haven't ironed it out really because sometimes those are a little bit annoying and they mm-hmm. get just sent to your you know trash box. Right. Delete items. Um, but we, we also, you know, do a phone call from time to time, mm-hmm. um, project closure meetings. You have those discussions. And we get a lot of feedback, and, and uh, I get to see the, the majority of that. Um, and it's always the littlest things that customers will pick up on um, in a positive or a negative way. Um, and it really matters to an employer. You know, you, you've got someone who, just like what you were saying, you, you're, you're polite. You tell them, you know, when, when the customer says, um, oh, I, I don't know. I, you know, this is so far over my head. You do it. You know, but they're able to still get that information out of mm-hmm. them. But it's not painful, you know, to the customer. It's it's not condescending. Any of that. Right. Um, and the best answer of all is, you know, well, absolutely. I don't know what you're doing. You know, I don't know what mm-hmm. your business runs, and, and I don't know how you do that. But I'm here to take care of what I can, and this is what I can do for you. Right. And um, yeah, customers. You know, they're they're hiring professionals to come in. They want a professional to do it right. But they also want to be treated, you know, right? And, and mm-hmm. no one's going to pay you to treat them like dirt, no matter how good of a product you turn out. Right. Um, so you put all that together and you have a good service staff. And, and that's what everyone out there, whether it's ATS or, or the others, mm-hmm. uh, that's what you're trying to build. Um, yeah. Again, that comes back to as a, as a student or when you're in that interview, you know, you have to relay that. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can let the person know. You can kind of speak up what you can do and do well. Um, however, like I said earlier, you, you've got to be careful because what you say, you may be expected to live up to that level. You That's know, true. If, if you like to work hard, speak about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that says a lot. Um, don't, however, you don't say you have, <laughs> don't say you have extensive voiceover IP background if you've researched them online and you never set one up. Right, right. Because when they're like, awesome, well, we got a, we got a new customer who just needs a whole network set up. You're going to be thrown out of the frying, frying pan and into the fire. So uh, be modest. Be mm-hmm. be uh, serious about what you know. Don't try to oversell yourself because, as you say, <laughs> you may wind up in a world of hurt. Typically, the person you're telling, you know, they know, mm-hmm. and they may be very polite about it, and they may never clue you in that they know. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're yeah. interviewing you for a reason, and uh, you can be honest. You can... Tell people I have no idea what that technology is, but I can learn that. Or the same right. way that I did not know anything about this technology. But give give me an evening, I will break the mm-hmm. book. Give me a week, and I'll start yeah. getting some answers for you. And, uh, well, I know um, one one of the last things I, I can think about here that, that I want to bring up, and I think I think you can agree to this, is that in a classroom setting you're taking a test and and when you take a test or or do an assessment you have four possible choices for your answers like we said the other day or like we said earlier and um, a lot of times the business needs aspect never really comes into play they used to in the Microsoft classes but 
if you and I try to instill that now in my classes as best I can to throw in those real world scenarios. But if you're at a place or you're you're doing self training, you always need to keep in the back of your mind why is that the right answer? Because just because I take a test and Microsoft's right answer is to to do A, install another domain controller. That may not be the right answer to, to your solution here. If the client says, I only want one domain controller because da 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 da. And the funny thing is, you may be talking to the CEO. And the CEO may not say flat out, I don't want another domain controller, whatever. They may just say, we don't have the money right now to, to uh, buy new equipment. We would be happy with a workaround. You have to take those words from a non-techie and translate those into the needs they have or else they will find someone else who can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I run into that quite often. You know, they're, every business has, has a level that they can go to, you know, go above. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you may be penalized because of that previous um, contractor that they worked with that went way overboard and mm-hmm. caused them a lot of money, but they still never got what they wanted. Right. Um, and if, you know, in these meetings, you have to get to that point where you know, what's what's our limit how far can we go with this mm-hmm. like you said can we no we can't buy any more hardware okay then we've we may have to put a band-aid on this but right. that's what we're going to do right okay well paul i greatly appreciate you coming and talking to us uh, i hope everybody out there is able to take some stuff from this if you're really going to be if you really plan to be in this particular industry know that it's going to be a lifetime of learning and i really hope for your all sake out there uh, that you enjoy it because I enjoy tinkering, and uh, if I didn't, I would be miserable because I would have to deal with it each and every day. I'd have to study each and every day. It's definitely, I wouldn't say it's an acquired taste, but it's not for everybody. Um, But if it's for you, find yourself a job you love. Know that you'll have to be cracking a book every week or going to TechNet or something like that. And um, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us about your experience. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I I enjoy being here. Um, I enjoy listening to the others before me. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of good information there. And um, certainly. And and by the way, just just to kind of uh, promote ATS a bit, what's your all's website? Yeah, uh, check us out. It's atsnetworking.com. And, um, and that's for Advanced Technical Solutions. Yes, it ATS is. ATSnetworking.com. Yeah. We're located in Scott Depot. We're just West you know, right up the road here. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and you all actually work on kind of satellite campuses, is that correct? Don't you have a, a place that you work like in, like in Tennessee and in, and in we Carolina? A, so well, you're, we you're had just a sales here. office. I, I guess I'm saying you're just – it's just not West Virginia. You right. do no, some we, um We actually – yeah, we – are all over the nation, uh, have even done some international um, work. So uh, thankfully, a lot of our good customers do get us across the nation. Um, We uh, like to take care of anyone who's calling on us. We Mm -hmm. we turn out a lot of product, um, but we are headquartered right here in West Virginia. And um, yeah, if you you go on our website, you can actually learn a lot more about the company and um, always looking to improve. Yeah, well, I'd I'd love to have you back to talk more about the company. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So I hope you all found the interview with Paul Martin to be insightful and very interesting and hopefully gave you a lot of great ideas uh, for your own careers. Um, This is uh, the end of our show, but as usual, we want to remind you how you can contact us. Any of the articles we've talked about today will be posted up on Twitter. Our Twitter page is TalkOnTechMCTC. Feel free to go and, and link to those articles, read those articles more in depth. Also, if you if you find any articles you think would be very interesting for us to talk about, feel free to go ahead and send us a tweet with those articles or friend us on there or, or you know become a follower and send us any messages, any comments. Please also, if you if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, we are on iTunes under Talk on Tech with Josh and Patrick. It's kind of hard to find us because, you know, Leo Lepore with uh, This Week in Tech kind of oh, over, yeah. overcla- overshadows us. But we are on there. Feel free to leave any uh, ratings or reviews on there. and We'd appreciate that. And then finally, if you want to send us any email, we have a Gmail account, which is talkontech at gmail.com. But for this week, I am Patrick Smith. And I'm Josh Joseph. Everyone have a great week.